Blog Talk Radio. It says it's still waiting for me. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. We're moving around. We're all trying to log in remotely into the studio. But we are here. We're doing it. Welcome to another episode of Football Fan North Radio. We are beat. We're tired. We covered the NFC North again in the first preseason game, so we saw a lot of guys come out, fight for last of spots. Some did good. Some not so good. But... You know, we, we made it work. So good morning, Mike, the co-host of the show, who is extremely tired. You'll hear it in his voice. And then we have Mr. Insurrell, the other co-host of the show, and also the wonderful studio engineer. So good morning, guys. What's up? Good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, I'll let you know when I figure that out. So what's this? we got a lot of topics to cover, not even just NFL, but we're even going to touch on a few things that are NCAA, but we're going to kick it off with the pandemonium that we got a chance to experience. Yes, it's preseason. Yes, tons of people tell us preseason doesn't count. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter in the win or loss column, but it's great to see how the draft picks work out, how the free agency moves work, how your team is plugging and filling holes in areas that they had really big gaps in last season. So we are going to kick it off with co-host Mike's favorite team. We're going to swing it over to the Bears. He's going to tell us if Jay Cutler looked like he was worth the money, how the defense looks, even though it is preseason, and what the secondary is looking like. So good morning, sleepy boys. Mike, what's going on? Hey, I, I, I'm not sleepy. Who said I was sleepy? <laughs> I'm just messing with the world. Uh, I am going to say, before I get into the Bears, for those people that say it's only preseason, we are in our football bubble, and I'm not going to let anybody spoil our football bubble. Uh, we've been waiting for football to start up all off season. Inside the football bubble, preseason is worth watching. Now that I've said that, let's talk about the Bears. Uh there is quite a few things that we can talk about, uh, but the Bears had the second-highest scoring offense, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on the offense. But one thing that was noticeable to me was Jay Cutler spread the ball around. In previous years, Jay Cutler had become known for not spreading the ball around, whether it was preseason or regular season. He spread the ball around, so I was happy to see that. As we move along, though, to the defense, there was some good, there was some bad, uh, but let's start with the good. The good was it was clear that the Bears went and got some free agents and some rookies that will rush the quarterback. The bad, the Bears' defensive line is going to have to address the defending the run. Because defending the run, I know we were going up against the Eagles, and they were the best in the NFL at running the ball last season. But still, we have got to defend the run. We're not, we can't be last in the NFL at defending the run again. We cannot. Not in, not in the black and blue division, a division that has Eddie Lacy and Reggie Bush and Adrian Peterson. It just can't happen. Then when we move on to the secondary, I will say 
I like that the safeties decided they know how to tackle. The corners, we have excellent corners. We have the rookie and Kyle Fuller. We have Tim Jennings, and we have Peanut Tillman. The corners are going to do what they do. But the safeties decided that they were going to play like safeties. They were not going to let everybody get over top of them. They were, it was just they were going to be prepared. Beyond that, though, the worst thing that I saw, the absolute worst, was the Bears special teams. There was nothing good to say about special teams from the beginning. You start with Robbie Gold, first field goal kick getting blocked, and that looked like it was a bad placement on the football. Then the next day you get a 102-yard kickoff return. Then later on in the game, I believe it was in the third or fourth quarter, the Eagles punt the ball to the Bears, and the Bears fumble it, and the Eagles recover. Everything about special teams looked bad. And it looked like it was the players not taking a priority with doing things right. Oh, not to mention another kick by Robbie Gold looked like it almost got messed up because of the placement of the ball later on. The Bears have got to get their act together on special teams. Some people pay attention to special teams because special teams affects the overall game. Now, I know my talk about the Bears sounded like another one of Mike's rants for five minutes, but let me hear what Cassandra and Mike have to say about it. Mike, yes? Yeah. Well, for I think from the standpoint of I do agree with you as far as the special teams. Special teams are horrible, especially after you go down and score. And all you have to do is, you know, make sure you seal the end. Now, that I feel that's where they're looking for. You know, that's that's why we talk about the preseason being more of I call it it's an experiment phase. You know, you sit out here and you use it for, you know, to search for the, the players who are going to play and those where you and find out where you who has where their strengths and where their weaknesses are, and then you take and piece your team together. So I can see why there would be something like a 102-yard return. Do I expect that to be something? Expect that? No. None of us expect that. But it happens. And all it is is really exposes where they where we need to focus on, you know, especially with, like you mentioned before with the well, ball handling, yeah. handling the ball, please take it. But that's what this whole thing is about. Exactly. You know, that's it, what it's exactly is for. for. And that's for all the – that's for every team across the league. Um, you know, exactly. it's the same thing. Same thing in college too. Believe it or not, you know, with the fruit because with the non-league games that you play those first four before you get into your conference games, those are all games to see, you know, what you have. Because once you get into conference play, that's when it really starts to count for you. Yeah, the preseason is important, but nobody really counts it as far as a part of what's going on with the entire season. We see, what we, we we are here to see what we are working with. He can play. What's his number? Okay, keep him down. We're going to put him over here. It looks like he'll be a good fit there. That's why they switch out, and that's why you get down to the third and fourth string players because they have to get that depth chart down before the season. So I expect to see is – I don't really expect to see perfection at this point. I don't either. You know, I don't either. And that's know, exactly what everyone's fighting for. They're fighting for position spots to hold on to a spot. Heck, I feel like they just threatened Adrian Wilson's life with a start or go home pretty much theory when it comes down to him. Either you're going to be great, you're going to be on the starting line because there's no room for you in the second or third team. We don't need you on the practice squad. 
So this is what we've come to see. I know um, in our excuse me, in our meeting this morning, the one thing that Mike said was there were fans that were upset that they did not get to see a lot of their starters. That's sort of the history with preseason. The first game or two, you, you really won't see them because what the teams are trying to figure out and the coaches are trying to figure out is if everything that they're running and putting together actually works with the set of players that they have. We're going to constantly, all of us, to the start of the season, watch these watches be karate chops in half. I mean, they can only beg 53 minutes. So you probably won't see a glimpse of all of your starters. So fans, don't panic. Um, what I took from the Bears game is I will give Jack Cutler a little bit of credit on spreading the ball. I am not going to give a ton of Jay Cutler credit until the season regulation. I, the regular season has to kick off. For that amount of money, I'm really not impressed, you know, with you coming out, throwing the ball a little bit, spreading the ball. I, I expect that from you. You were paid to be that type of caliber QB, so I expect that. So I'm not going to do backflips over that. I want to see it like when the Detroit Lions defensive front is, like, staring you down and, can we see it then when the regular season kicks in and I see that he's really mature, I'll go ahead and pass the torch to him and give him a little bit more faith. But I saw from him what I expected to see from him for that type of caliber quarterback. Again, special teams definitely was bananas. I was going into, you know, the Vikings game. So to see that come across my screen, that Robbie goes, you know, that, that he was blocked, I was shocked. I won't go into why, but I was I was really shocked. Um Everything that you said, Mike, about the place ticker, I went back, I looked at a little bit of film. I've actually read stats, reviews, followed the columnists. Of course, love Ross Reed and a few others. So, yes, there's some work that needs to, there's some work that needs to be done there. I'm also not quite sold on the defense. The defense looks the way the defense, you know what, I, I can't say I'm sold on it yet. I mean, I'm from Bears country. I know what this defensive history looks like. I know Mel Tucks is running his own program this time around, and not what were the remnants of what Lovey Smith had in place. So I need to see a little bit more before I actually say that there is a truth in the NFC North. But that's just my opinion on the Bears. That's my look at them, my take on them today. To be very honest, the the defense has a lot to be desired. Uh, but you can only learn so much in the first preseason game the only thing in my eyes that showed me anything was how unorganized the the special teams just looked in every facet of special teams. You can you can be out there in your test phase, but it would be different. And I'm used to special teams. Yes, you will have one mistake on on a preseason game. You will have a mistake really? on the kicking. On the kick team, or you might have a mistake on on well, this. You've only of seen like team. one mistake. Right. No, I'm I'm just saying, like, I'm used to, but you expect to only see one. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, usually when you see a mistake on on certain things, and what I'm saying on special teams, I'm not I'm not used to seeing special teams look bad in every facet of special teams. Usually, one thing. At least one of the things looks like they've got their act together. Are you, they were are bad you saying this for the Bears? Because I could name some teams where 
they should give their money back to the team. I'm sure they <laughs> well, maybe that might be the case because I might have been spoiled that the Bears have had good special teams over the past 10 years. They look horrible in every facet. And, and, I'm, and one of the things that I recognize in myself is that as a fan of the Bears, I'm hypercritical during the preseason. I'm super critical. Like, look, I expect I want to see I want to see diamonds on everybody's fingers at the end of the year. I want to see rings, and you, <laughs> I want it. I want, and I don't okay. care how people might do. think. And and because I want to see that, I want to be able to pick apart everything. Yes. Come regular season, I'm going to be in my Bears bubble and be excited and, and want things to win. But during the preseason, I want you to look great. I think this is the time to be that hypercritical. I don't want to let it slide. They looked horrible on special teams. They looked horrible. And so, you know, Chicago Bears, if you're listening, this is what – Co-host Mike thinks of the special teams. He was throwing tomatoes. He he absolutely hated you guys. Um, he wants you to pull it together. We're not insulting any other Bears fans, but I guess he feels if we take you guys through the season and you look that way, then this is exactly how other fans will feel about the Bears. So we can't let allow that to happen. So special teams, tighten it up. We will be in Barbonet Monday to see if you guys have your act together. And watch their cover throw a couple balls. And like sit down like somewhere like by Rosemary and be like talking this microphone. So we're gonna knock it all out <laughs> and burbinate. So that is our outlook. Oh, Mike, is there anything else that you want to say that you know makes you feel great as a Bears fan? That <laughs> insulting. Uh, and well, um, I just want to address something that the commentator said during the game that I I had to. Crack up laughing. And they were address- they were addressing Bears Family Fest at one particular moment. They said they were there during the previous week uh, for Bears Family Fest, uh, also known as Bear. Previous years it was known as uh, Bears Family Fun Night, uh, and that it was packed and that it was free. First off, I've been to Bears Family Fest in previous years. It was not nearly as packed as it has ever been. Uh, the upper level seats were all empty. <laughs> That's what I felt like. And uh, it has not been free in at least seven years. No, it at hasn't. least seven years. It's not free. <laughs> I, I, and, and not to be funny, this year, it wasn't even general admission. In previous years, it was general admission. This year, you had to pay for your seat like it was a regular game. And you now, it was regular game that. prices, but it still, you that. paid for your seat. <laughs> uh, it, it, I, I, I'm just one of those people that when people are talking on the air about something and you're trying to sound like an expert, it's okay to sound like an expert, but please know what you're talking about because it hasn't been free for a while. I was cracking okay. up at that moment. 
So those were the expressed opinions of co-host Mike, and that is the Football Fan Rush Network. We do not insult <laughs> other commentators, reporters, analysts, or columnists. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. That okay, so not we're, we're going to let co-host Mike under the bus. It's obvious that the Bears take him to another level, so we are going to swing around to a team that the world knows I love on a personal level, but on a business level, I cover everyone. But, yes, I had a chance to hope that the Vikings were going to get a shutout against the Raiders. But Friday, we got to watch the three-headed quarterback situation take the field. Of course, Matt Castle started. Matt Castle looked good. He looked crisp. I wonder if Ron Jones, you watch it? But five for six completion, 62 yards. He looked really, really good. He looked solid as the starter. He was focused. He knew where his offensive weapons were. I mean, he, he was solid. It was great to watch him and great to see that type of quarterback play again for the Vikings on the field. That was something that we've missed for quite a few years, getting a solid QB. And, yes, he, that veteran play came out. He initially was brought on as a backup, but he, he really looked solid. So I'm very secure with Matt Castle being a starter and the official starter as of right now for the Vikings. We got to see some Teddy Bridgewater get out there with the first team. It was a little shaky. I am not going to throw Teddy out with the bathwater instantly. Instantly. First two throws were not the greatest. He took a, 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 a nice sack. Welcome to the NFL. He was shaky. He was not consistent. But this is his first game. This is preseason. I'm not ready to throw it in the towel on Teddy. I think as Teddy plays, and I, I love even when they came back from halftime, they continue to leave Teddy in the game. I don't have anything to say about when they brought Christian Farner in because it's, I um, so we were like ten and zero, and um, it was real obvious that we we weren't gonna be ten and zero with Christian Farner. And I mean, Christian took a sack. Everything that Christian said, incomplete pass to anybody, the fans in the stands, one of the cheerleaders, and the incomplete pass. Let me cut her off. Or a shotgun or she's something. Being, that probably she's being nice. Um, she's I'm being very nice. She's, her journalist started on, on Bolden St. Clair. I, I love her name. I thought it was high. You know, you pick the person she wanted to name your baby after. I'm into different names, so I thought that was high. So I who knows, Christian, for that? Yeah. Not like, like I said, she's though. being very nice. She's talking. She's letting her journalist side uh, come out, and, and she's taking the attitude that you can't say something nice. She won't say it at all. But the fans, I won't say my co-host or the host is not, is, isn't saying this, but plenty of fans would be just as happy if Christian Ponder were sent off to another team in Siberia. They would be happy. But I mean, he's, he's, he's the third stringer now. As, as of right now, today, he's 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 the third stringer. Please don't get hurt, Teddy and, and, and Matt. And then we don't really have much to worry about. Kind of something like that, sort of. But anywho, it was good to see Teddy get his first snaps in the game. There were a few loving what I'm seeing on the defense, and they definitely have room to get better. I'm so glad to see that the Vikings are putting together a secondary. I think I like just putting the application last season so far because it really didn't matter. Like, they put me out there because I probably would have done any better than the people they were actually paying, and they didn't even have to pay me. I just want to be uniform in a few pictures. So 
to actually see the secondary, um, they they actually are coming together. The doing what they're supposed to do. I think we've got, the Vikings are actually, they have the potential to be the NFC North sleeper team. Um, we do have to fix the QB situation, and we definitely, there are a couple things that we need to tweak. Love how Mike Zimmer, Coach Zimmer went back, how he addressed the team. It was nice to see that the Vikings are now 4-1 and one over the Oakland Raiders in the preseason opener. I was hoping for the shutout, uh, but the Raiders did have a chance to get it in. I will say shot with the next. I'm kind of grateful that he did, but Shaw did not look great. So to me, the Raiders did not look great, so I'm glad the Vikings actually did take advantage of that. And we brought home two NFC North wins on Friday. It was a little bit of a different situation when we swing it around to Saturday. Saturday was a little scary. Friday, we watched two NFC North teams come off, bring home the wins, a lot of adrenaline, a lot of intensity, and we got to see which players are going to stay, which players are going to go. When I was watching and into... Okay. Before we move on to Saturday, I do want to ask, what was your opinion on Khalil Mack and how he played in his first rookie game? I thought Khalil did great, but you know I'm a Khalil Mack fan, so I have a, I have a nice opinion about Khalil. <laughs> Which, oh, <laughs> I do. Oh, good. You know what? And I want to. <laughs> I bet you have a very nice opinion about Khalil. <laughs> I, I, yeah. But I, you know, and I can definitely focus on that. Like, once we knock out the other two NFC North teams, we can swing it right back around to that because there is some time that I do want to spend on Khalil Mack, but was not disappointed at all. But I definitely almost lost my religion in the Detroit game. I, I really did because I felt like, first off, Detroit came to play. So kudos to how they actually looked, especially when you are still, we're still in the position battle race. So kudos to that. They actually came to play. But they did the same thing when preseason and the season opened last year. So while I was not sold, I still have some Detroit Lions hope, and I kind of was able to see that. Kellen Moore, wow. If, if you never thought anybody could steal the show, Kellen Moore came to the rescue, and the Detroit Lions were able to pull. Like, I was – it was intense. At the very end, the Lions were able to honestly pull it out because of Kellen. 13-12 over the Browns. The Browns did not look bad. There's a specific, you know, person on there that everyone wants us to address. I'm going to leave that to, to Mike because, you know, Mike has the, the QB bug. But the, the Lions pulled it off. There were some things that I'm shaky about. Um, I like how the defense looks. The third stringer quarterback that they have, Oh, we need to move. Well, they need to move them up a few spots. Oh, just, just Fuller is just solid. I, I really like the the consistency. I love the fact that Fuller played that game with a pro mentality, and you got to see it. Of course, we were going to see mistakes. We were going to see maybe held the ball just a little long in some aspects, but still. Looks great on the field. Another rookie quarterback that just blew me away. Blake Bortles. Jacksonville, I stand up and salute you. Oh, my. Blake was out there like, I've been doing this for five years. What? What? These NFL rules, what? So what? I don't really care. Looked amazing. Did not come out there and look like a rookie at all. So, I, you know, when people said this was a valuable and a great draft class. We're starting to see a lot of that on both sides of the ball come to fruition. But 
Kudos to the Lions. You pulled it off last second. It was a really good, intense game to watch against the Browns. So now I get to give it to the Bears fan. Mike, what did the Packers look like? Because I know you want to talk about them so bad. Um, um, the Packers looked like, uh, how can I put this and be accurate? They look like a team that didn't put in certain starters that wanted to see what There's the other teams, teams that the didn't other... put in certain starters. No, 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 no. I'm, I, like I said, they, they, they were. They looked like a team that was that the coach was just looking at the other players, and that's not a bad thing in the preseason. But that's what they looked like. They were out there. So Mike at McCarthy the... was standing on the sideline looking at the other play, other team's players like this. This is going. No, <laughs> Mike McCarthy was standing on the sideline. I see Looking you. at who, who's going to make his team. Know how we're going to handle you. Well, he wasn't videotaping it, but I guess that's huh? That's yeah, he's trying to figure out who's going to make his <laughs> roster, and because when you don't well, so put in wait, certain players, that's what you're trying I mean, to but, but what is it supposed to look? That's what it's supposed to look like. That's <laughs> and really I understand different. that, but I, you asked me my opinion. All right, so all right, so you, like. are you saying that are you saying that it was too obvious? Oh no 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 no! It's not that it was obvious. Um, if you, on any given day, regular season or not, and the Packers were a perfect example of this last season, the moment you take Aaron Rodgers out, the the game's going to look different anyway. And with Aaron Rodgers not in the game, though, one of the advantages of doing that is you get to really see how well certain players really are. Aaron Rodgers is not in there making the Packers look better than they can be. Aaron Rodgers is an excellent point guard, um, to use an NBA reference. He can deliver the ball to anybody and everybody. And without him being in there, the coaching staff got had the ability to see their players for what they were. And like, like you all have been saying, that's what the preseason is for, and since everyone knows QB1 of the Packers is Aaron Rodgers and will be for a long time, Aaron Rodgers can be injured on the sideline and he's still QB1. And that's what the Packers look like. And for the Packers to not win the game, no one is worried. Like, they didn't win the game, so what? It's a preseason game. No big deal. Right, it's a preseason game. No one's worried. Um, the score they did for the Tennessee Titans, the score was 20 to 16. The Titans were able to take it. And there was honestly even um, a nice run in there by Sean Green. While most of the starters did sit, we got to see Julius Peppers get out there. Um, Peppers, he he, uh, he got it done for 10 snaps. Those, you know, we really got to see how Peppers is going to square off and, and look as a Packer. I thought he, he looked pretty good. I really did think he looked, honestly, really good. I think it's just him having a resurgence. He's with a new team. He's got a brand-new battle, new area, new scenery, new chemistry. It, it was awesome. I will, and I, I bet Craig Stevens, who politely swam into Julius Peppers, 
understand. <laughs> I think he can see things a little clearly, um, a little bit clearer this year. But definitely um, a lot of the starters did this. People did complain. But it was it's a preseason game. We're trying to just see who who's there for position battles, who we're we keeping, who we're we cutting. It was definitely the mindset. And I think that's where um, – Mike was trying to get us when we bring up the Packers. I, I don't worry about the Packers, unfortunately. When it all comes down and they really have to turn the light on, they make it happen. They make it happen, and if anything, the Packers, is, of course, you can't sleep on them, but you definitely always want to come into their any game that you have with them, be it home or away, ready to do battle. What Aaron Rodgers comes that he brings as he leaves that team down the field is absolutely awesome to see from a fan and reporter standpoint. So you got to be ready. The Packers came out to see what they were working with, and and to and it really wasn't too too shabby. Of course, the Tennessee Titans were able to take it. We might not hear that a whole lot this season, but they did take advantage of it. And they got to see how their draft picks, their free agents matched up. But you know, I think we're going to see a little bit more of Scott Tolzien in the next game. Go Scotty! I'm gonna buy a Scott. Just, I'm oh yeah, with a hundred and two passer. That'll be the I first and the last time someone says that. Wow, Scott! So at least you have one supporter. <laughs> I just wow. That's, <laughs> you, that's, that's that's terrible. You, this is for you. This would be the passer. Like what is that? Like this, that's awful. <laughs> no. Does anybody ever want to have to say that? Go Scott Tozine. They don't. The only way you no, say that no, is if something no. unfortunate happens to Aaron Rodgers. No one ever wants to be cheering for Scott Tozine. It doesn't happen. They want to be cheering. If something unfortunate happens to Aaron Rodgers, the Packers could be up like by nine thousand twenty-two hundred and fifty-six million points, and they're like, "Yeah, Scott, go ahead, get a few snaps. Anything can happen. You never know." <laughs> I, no one ever has to want ha, wants to have to root for Scott. In that moment, if they score oh, thousands of points, and he goes in, whether he throws four interceptions, get him a toes point, in it won't matter. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get yeah, I'm gonna get an autograph too. I'm gonna give it right to you, Mike. Yeah. We're, gonna, so we're gonna get you an uh, autograph. Me, you, and his mom, mm-hmm. I have one. Mm-hmm. You can bring that you order that one. Nah, so they don't. They don't print that one up. <laughs> That's gonna be a special order. What in the world? And so this is what leaves us on the radio state. Like, what's going? I'm glad our turn. All I have to say behind that, I. I'm a Bears you, fan, you know, and I'm I, not afraid to admit it. That but Oh my god. I'm a Bears fan. So on that note. We got Mr. M. Terrell, who is our NCAA football guru. Former UNLV Rebel. He can tell us everything we need to know about secondary and special teams from any level. But there is something that caught his eye, something that's been going on. It's been a controversial topic for years, and now with social media being the way that we get our news, it's really become a hot topic lately in the last couple of years. And that is the NCAA dealing with how players should get paid and even dealing with players receiving some sort of stipend, payment, trust fund, some type of compensation for their image and likeness being used by universities and EA Sports. We're both are profiting off of that. So, Mike, I am going to swing it around to you so you can break that down. Uh, thank you, Cash. If you have not been following the news, as of Friday, 
a judge in Oakland decided that she was going to go ahead and litigate on behalf of the Edel Batting case in their favor. So what does this mean for college athletes? What this means is that at that point, there is a formal injunction, which is capped at $5,000 per athlete per year of competition. So over a four-year period, you look at $25,000. Now, as far as the players having, you know, that's a game. But what I think what people tend to miss out is that as from a standpoint of should you be paid, number one, I was on full scholarship. I know all the benefits of it. I have my obvious opinion of it. Do I think the athletes should be paid at this point? Not necessarily. I feel that what you're getting is fair enough competition. What you have to understand is that nobody has to, you can, it could be a win for you, but the other people in, in, on the other side, EA Sports, you know, the NCAA, things can be changed where it's not in your benefit. And that's what I think they tend to, you know, we tend to overlook. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't necessarily have to get, you're getting paid. Your scholarship money is free. Do I think your stipend should be because you have money to live with? Yeah, because you do have to have your daily stuff to take care of. But do you need to be, you know, just balling while you're in college? No, you're there to play football. You're there to go to school. You're an athlete first. That's why I said student athlete. I'm going, my mother didn't have to get that bill because the you university know, I paid. You know, because I can tell you right now. When you had a cardinal senior. You know like what I'm saying? It was not an inexpensive school for me to attend, even though on scholarship. You know, it's not like this is how the paperwork works. And for those who are interested in knowing or if you got a child and getting ready, you know, being recruited by school. Once your child gets that scholarship, the bills are in his name. However, mm-hmm. the bill is all canceled out, but you see how much it costs for your child to go to school. Yeah. They have to okay. give they have to give you a detailed bill. So imagine your parent getting a bill and just knowing that it's thirty two thousand dollars for a semester, forty thousand dollars for a semester, yeah. hundred thousand dollars for you know for a year. For a or year. And and this is what and, and this is what they these kids are asking for is a piece of that. Now I don't think that it's anything wrong to ask for a piece of it. I play college ball. It is big business. It is huge business. But what's the what are you what what makes me question is number one, the way they're going about it. And number two, what is what is your real end game? Because if you want all athletes to be paid across the board what you have to understand is these companies, these schools now have to pull that revenue from other places. They have to pull the revenue from the possible revenue from your dorms that you stay in during the year. They have to pull revenue, you know, all of these things that go into what you already get paid, what's already being paid for. You. Well, and, that, and another thing is I'll, there has to be some sort of fairness. I mean, yes, we were college athletes, but every sport, in college, get the scholarship. I don't care if a school is like, forget it, frogs don't think. There's a scholarship. They have a league for that. We have a team for that. We get money for that. So what a lot of people don't understand is, yes, EA Sports comes through and they pick up. You, you, we're heavy seeing the, the college basketball players and the college football players, but you also can't just say, okay, yes, you guys are all college athletes and you did sign the college athlete form and all these labor forms and a lot of release forms that a lot of people don't understand is they're signing when they're signing the scholarship and application forms. But at the same time, you can't stop at basketball and football. If you're going to pay student-athletes, you're going to pay student-athletes. And so that's, that's another thing that people 
have to understand when it comes into play. You can't just be like, man, we don't really want to play the volleyball team because, like, they don't get coverage, but we're going to play the football team. So that Exactly. Because so all, of those sports, all of those sports bring revenue into the school. So when exactly, you're starting really one, you're, you're starting a battle on one front. You're, you're going, if you, if you can't just say it for football and then not be across all the other sports. Across the board. That's all out there. Because now, and you take, and then you, and like I said before, it's going to affect the overall, you know, all that money that they, that's dictated and has places to go for the workout facilities that, you know, uh, like for instance, I can tell you, UNLV looks totally different when I, when I attended. Totally different. But I know that's also from the revenue that comes from the sports. So they can take and they can upgrade, you know, the facilities and things like that. So you're saying that, so what you're saying is we want a piece of that money too. Well, I think that definitely I'm glad that I was on a scholarship because who who was going to pay that? Like, I can look at the bill. I'm I'm thankful. (laughs) (laughs) Compensation. There are ways. I mean, we're not gonna legally sit on the network and talk about it, but there are ways to do it. And I understand their point because they feel like they're being used and not receiving compensation. But there's there's just two ends that you really have to look at because I don't know, like get paid like a couple thousand dollars and look at my bill and the fact that I got a stipend. And I traveled to some amazing places and attended an awesome university for, like, almost nothing. For me, when I weighed the pros and cons, I was good with the scholarship, but there are so many other factors. I mean, we're a little, like, 10-plus years since I was there, just like you and UNLV. So there are some mm-hmm. different factors that are around now, but you have to be very careful. I don't care if you're 17, 18, 19, or 40 with eligibility going into college, which we've seen and we're about to see the chance of a 32-year-old who's trying to go. Sure. You have to sometimes really sit back and look at what you're signing before you sign on the dotted line, read it and understand what's going on, ask questions. And also, I, you know, I, I was going out there like, okay, if you guys are using my image and likeness, how do I get compensated? Let that be explained to you. So there, there's, there's just a, a lot. I mean, the process happens so fast. They're like, sign here, sign there. Your name's well, going to be in white. You're going right. to love it. You're paying nothing. It, but you don't and, let and, them push and you. And that's like exactly that. how really, it is. Really? Okay. Questions. Oh, oh, oh. I've, I've been uh, And this is the other mic. Listening. The other mic. So he's got. This, I've been listening. <laughs> And one of the things is that I will say, and I don't think I'm uh, wrong for making this statement, they're, my two other hosts, they will, they're on one side of the uh, issue. I'm on the other side of the issue. Um, and the analogy that I will use, 
And, and I'm not going to sit up here and say they need to be paid millions of dollars, but the analogy that I often compare it to is the way record labels have artists. Because one of the things that athletes, or I won't say athletes, they know this, but one of the things that non-athletes don't realize is how much goes into each athlete. Yes, there's travel, there's making sure they have trainers. There's a lot of things that goes into that, and the school absorbs that that responsibility. I understand that. Uh, But I will compare it to with record labels, the record labels with an artist, they they absorb all of the risk um, from travel to development, producers, and then they they make the lion's share of the money coming in because they absorbed all of the risk. But with record labels, on those first record label deals, they are often pimped, for lack of a better word, uh, with those artists. And I just feel, even as a fan, the, the the balance of one side is not fair. And I'm not saying that it needs to be completely fair because nothing is ever really completely fair. For example, the people that work at McDonald's, the person who's working on the front line is not going to make the same person as working in Oak Brook at their headquarters. But Thank the you. I they go to McDonald's University, though. I've seen it online. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is there are people out here that that don't agree. Whether I agree with the method of how it's being handled, what I do believe is with Northwestern handling their side of it, with Ed O'Bannon handling his side of it, the conversations that are being held right now is the best thing. No, I don't think anyone – one idea is perfect right now, but until these conversations begin, we can't get to it. Because I'll be the first to say I don't think unionizing is an excellent idea, uh, such as what Northwestern University's football team has been trying to do. But what I do believe is Ed O'Bannon's case and Northwestern University's case have started the the conversations that should be had. And some of these players, they take the attitude of, we know how much money we're making these universities. The reality is all of these players don't make universities these monies. Johnny Manziel, a.k.a. Johnny Football, he made a lot of money for for Texas A&M. But – does anybody know the punter's name? Well, I'm sure, sure there are people that know the punter's name, but the reality is that punter did not make the same amount of money for Texas A&M that Johnny Manziel did. And my, my point is revenue-generating sports, they do pay for the quote-unquote non-revenue-generating sports. The two most popular revenue-generating sports are basketball, and football. What's and a non, what's a less non-revenue less, generating sport? What's a non-revenue generating sport? Mm-hmm. Uh, table tennis. So what, what, why do you think that? Why do you think table tennis would be a non-revenue generating sport? On the a, on a mass scale that those sports are, 
that's what it is. I'm not saying that they don't make a few dollars off the, the gate, but the reality is when we speak of like revenue generating sports. Like, that's worldwide. Like, even if, you know, there are universities that have it, that's, like, major. Like, crew oh, is I know major. It's a, major like, sport. It's, a, it's a very well-known Olympic sport. Uh, but when it comes to revenue generation in the U.S., Official Catholic University of Puerto Rico in Ponce, $89,134. It's, and it's up 7.7% from $82,739 the previous year. Uh, Inter American University of Puerto Rico, I guess table tennis is big in Puerto Rico. It's $72,700. See, I've the world. Like, people played it. Like, it was a battle. I'm no good at it. So, yeah, like, it is coming to pass. And I understand what you were saying as far as it not generating money here in the U.S., but when we're talking about sports, we are talking about worldwide because everybody plays. Right. You know, so we, so we have and to. And that's the U.S. private, so, like, we can't leave out things you know, with it. You know, Maybe you know hey. Maybe I picked the wrong sport, but I, I think I <laughs> get the point. <laughs> And the fact that I have two people jumping on me, I'm not going to win this conversation ever. But it's not like it's competition. Why are you still like we jumping on you? The NC2A is not not the governing body of sports outside the U.S. 
So let's start with that first one. <laughs> That's a U.S. That's a U.S. Hey, you, college hey, board look. governing body. I really can't. I have no evidence I could have passed that. Hey, look. It probably would have been true. I would, you just said it was a non-revenue-making sport. I just wanted to show you that it makes revenue. It may not make revenue here, but it does make <laughs> revenue. You know what I'm saying? Hey, look, if you cannot, if you get hurt playing football or, you know, you might turn your ankle playing baseball or whatever, go play table tennis in Puerto Rico. I need you. Hey, well, <laughs> hey, do that too. Hey, if you and I, oh my God, dude, be the kicker. Yeah. They don't even kicker practice is like over in about an hour. And nobody can play with them. They gotta play by themselves. I'm not gonna touch that one. Michael, please hit the cricket button. Audio man, you're not on. You're not on your job. You need to hit the cricket button right about now. Oh my God! Please hit the cricket button. All right. So to wrap up the NCAA portion about the whole Adam Bannon, the Adam Bannon thing. Now, I don't, please believe me. I am not against people. Oh wow. I'm not against them, the athletes getting paid. I don't want you all to think that. I think that they should. No, we're not. I think that, you know, but I also think that there's a way to go about doing it that's going to benefit everybody in the long run because you have to understand that these monies have to be pulled from somewhere. They can't just go give you $5,000, you know, a season for nothing. Where is it going to come from? You know, you, that it does have to come from somewhere. And if you have a football team of 85 athletes, or 64, whatever number it is for college. I, can, I gotta go back and do my research on that again. Anyway, right. if you have so you, you got 60, 64 people on your team, you giving them five thousand dollars a piece for the season. Do the math, and then look at how much that's going to affect everything. We'll be looking at you know football back in medieval times, you know, pretty soon. They're gonna be like, you know what? <laughs> Forget you. We're not even going to put names on the back of yeah. uniforms anymore. We're going to be like Notre Dame and you'll just see the numbers. Yeah, I mean, kids. watching football eating a leg of mutton. You know what I'm saying? I still be there. Did she say a leg of mutton? A leg of mutton. For those of you that are in the north, <laughs> mutton is a very well-known southern dish that is often barbecued. But I did not know what it was until I went to school in the South. But she said a leg of mutton. You definitely went to school in the South. You definitely have a southern family. Florida stand up. All right, so this 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 ended up being pretty fun. Um, next time we come on, we're going to weigh in on the Tampa Bay Bucks jerseys, and that's probably why Joshua County didn't know who. He was throwing too because he was like, dude, was like, right, he couldn't see yourself? Like, I don't know. Yeah, the old line didn't help. They were trying to get out their own way. They was like, what we got going on, man? So, <laughs> um, Although it wasn't Josh McCown's fault, I will say Bears fans felt, I mean, not Bears fans, Jay Cutler fans felt vindicated 
watching McCown not look so hot? I have not. I, it's the preseason. Like, I'm not saying that it doesn't count, but they, everybody down there, they've got a, a really good rhythm that they've got to find. They didn't look like the Texans. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. so that, that's they oh, did, 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 did. Oh. and the O lines did not and, and all for the Yeah, I said it. And I'm a Texas co fan. Oh, gosh. Wow. I said it. But since she's going there, there's nothing about how and we're actually moving on to the other side of the ball. Dallas Cowboys, Uh-oh. your defense, um, not you team. do know that you're supposed to stop the ball, right? I would, yeah. Yeah, they, they should do that. They, they should. That's kind of the no. Because the other team shouldn't, like, run through a hole that was, like, bigger than the hole at the bottom of the boat on the electric company, like, in the late 70s. Like, wow. They was just straight, like, ain't nobody going to be right here? All right, I'm just going to run this back. What, yeah, they need some work. They need some defensive and, work. It's America's team, so America's team needs to get some America's defense. America's <laughs> team. Shoot, America <laughs> Because that, they, no, that's bad. Like, there's so much money spent on the offensive side of the ball. they got to take care of the defensive side of the ball, or, or what's the point? What, what's the point? I used to have this running well, you know. joke, but I'm scared of Jerry Jones, but I think that if he – did not have a flip phone. It had a smartphone. He could actually really see what was going on with his team because, you know, the people like really Little on the flip phone, I don't even know if you go watch nothing on there. Well, you know, that it and doesn't Apparently, have... he can't. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I guess if you say, if you had to put it, like, in, in words, you know, um, the Dallas Cowboys kind of leave you in, in, in suspense, kind of, like, just sitting there waiting for it all to happen, like it has over the yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if they keep waiting for it to happen, the game will be over. Right, like, they when will is still it have lost. When is it going to happen? They have so much potential. Like, I, 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 my family lives there. Most of my family is from there. So I'm always going to keep the side eye open for the Dallas Cowboys. Like, I kind of have to grow up in a Bears Cowboys household, and I didn't, you know, I was a fearless fan as a kid. So I've always peeked into what Dallas is doing, and just lately just the defensive side of the ball has not been impressive. It's not been consistent. And I really think if they could master that and get the right set of players in there, they would honestly, again, be a serious force to be reckoned with. They'd be able to even... Well, honestly, it's not just the players, because they had DeMarcus Ware last year. They had Sean Lee last year, and they looked horrible last year. (laughs) They lost players. And they think their defense. The problem is, you just can't think the defense is going to be better. You have to go out there and make it better. It it just looks so bad. It looks so so bad. Crickets? No. No crickets. I think we we're having a technical difficulty. <clears throat> uh, I, I mean, look, look. All I know is. Okay. All I know is uh, Scooby Doo would defend the ball better than the Cowboys are right now. It is just looking bad. 
Yeah. Uh, I just hear rut row in the back of my mind. Um, but with the reality is, until Dallas's defense gets better, the only thing you can say positive about the Cowboys right now is Tony Romo, and he's injured. So well, that's I not don't good. think I think it's just because it, it happens to be Dallas, and we're just waiting to see something different from Dallas. I mean, Dallas is a big ticket team; they are staple in this, and, and we wanted to see something different. But again, it is preseason; we're having fun. With the first few preseason games, they're absolutely awesome. They're, they've been great, whether good or bad, whether your team won or lost. We actually got to see how a lot of these players that were picked up as free agency, that were undrafted free agents, that were drafted, how they are working in the system for the teams and the sports that we love. So, yes, there's going to be some tweaking. Yes, you're going to see a lot of players that will be released as we move in and get ready for game number two. So it, it was a, a great weekend of play. It was absolutely awesome. But, again, next week we'll be able to see from game two what changes and tweaks were actually made by not just teams in the NFC North but around the league as a whole. And we'll be able to really see how things are going to come together. you start to see a little bit more glimpses of for those fans that really want to see their starters. You'll start to see more glimpses of the starters depending on the situation in the team and the schemes that the coaching staffs are trying to run as well as the coordinators. So it's not all bad. It's a lot of fun. At least it gives us regulation-style football. We get to see a lot of yellow flags, hear a lot of whistles, and hope that our draft pick and our fantasy league, we put it together correctly. So it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the live tweeting and the camaraderie. So we will be back at this again next week. Uh, But before we go, we want to say thank you to Clark Street Sports, Yes, uh, Park Street Sports has assisted us in the Chicago Family Fun Night, fam, Bears Family Fest last week, and we want to send a thank you out to them. Uh, Definitely. Uh, I also am proud to say that uh, my nephew is on Jackie Robinson West team, and they clinched the Great Lakes Division, uh, Jackie Robinson West and Trey Hondras and Marquise, and all of those guys are going on to Williamsport, Pennsylvania next week. So I wanted to make sure I gave a special shout to Jackie Robinson West and their team. Congratulations, guys. You guys did great for JRW. If you guys have not seen it, you can actually, it's now streaming. It's been downloaded. It was a great game to watch, to watch JRW pull it out. These guys are playing like pros, and they are like preteens and teenagers, so it's, it's really great if you guys get a chance to watch the game. Well, that is about it from us, so we thank you guys for tuning in, laughing, or maybe turning some of your smiles upside down in the frown, but it's still fun. And check us out next Monday, 10 a.m. Central Daylight Time, for some more Football Fan Rush Radio. I'm Cash, your host, signing out with Instagram and Mike. See you next Have week. Have a good one, y'all. Good night. It's good, Mike.